You think you get stupid questions? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. Everybody, welcome to Stupid Questions with Jason Harvey on the Earhole Media Network. We're not going to bullshit a whole lot in the intro today. We're just going to get right into it. Today on the show, we have in from LA, Lara Crawford. Yes, hi guys. Hey. Um, guys, plural, listening audience and Jason. <laughs> yeah. Probably comprises some guys. <laughs> there's some There's some guys that listen. Okay. Everyone, uh, they've, they've told me, hey, I listened. And I'm okay. like, oh, well, thank you, yeah. guys. I just imagine scientists putting it on for monkeys in a lab to listen to to study. <laughs> just empty rooms. Yep, he does. He does sound like he's talking through his throat and nose at the same time. There's a larynx involved somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the apes hate his voice. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank uh, you for having me. This is pretty. What we do on the podcast is just bullshit and. Uh, that, that's pretty much pretty you much it. Sometimes I have like people on and they uh, share life experiences or uh, stuff okay. like that. Um, we're just gonna talk. You're a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. originally from Massachusetts. Perfect. You well, well, yeah. originally, originally born in upstate New York, then to Massachusetts for most of my existence, and then to Los Angeles. What part of uh, New York? I was born in, in Utica, New York, which is, it comes up on The Simpsons, which is a favorite show of mine, yeah. uh, multiple times, <laughs> but Utica is what even people in Utica would call a shithole, <laughs> and uh, my dad moved there for work, and so I was born there, but all my other siblings were born in Massachusetts. We moved back to the state when I was like three, Uh-oh. I think so. What was your dad doing in Utica? He was working for a hospital, a healthcare organization. He works for a company called Sodexo, so oh. I looked that up. But uh, I don't think it was as bad at the time, but it's pretty terrible. Like, uh, the only building that's decent in Utica is the rehab center. Everything else looks awful. So. The rehab? <laughs> yes, it's true. Yeah. Like, they have a, you know, a drug rehab clinic, and that's, like, the best looking building in town. Is it, do people who go to that re? is it imported junkies coming into (laughs) we import our junkies got a regional draw gotta give them some something good to look at yeah yeah so actually one of the best things that happened to i was reading on wikipedia about it because i was curious i haven't been in a long time but uh on the wikipedia page it said that one of the boons to the area has been the influx of serbian and bosnian immigrants after the wars in yugoslavia (laughs) (laughs) the best thing that happens to your city is more refugees show up (laughs) that's not a good sign that's a terrible sign (laughs) yeah its nickname was the city that god forgot in the 80s they just called they called it that people or god there. it was people in, no, there it's in the bible that. people there <laughs> called it that they were the city that god forgot oh welcome to utica the city <laughs> that, that god, god forgot i think lightning has to go <laughs> thunder <laughs> do you say that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's just the beginning it's just that scene in terminator where the uh <laughs> the nuclear bomb goes off <laughs> uh so then you, so you grew up in, in Massachusetts. I did. I grew up in the suburbs of Massachusetts, uh, a town called Wilmington, where my mom is from. My dad's from Woburn next door, uh, a city that's immortalized in the film, A Civil Action, with John well, Travolta. Uh, they were one of the first people to have like uh, uh, those landmark uh, class action lawsuits against companies poisoning the towns. 
So it's like one of those Aaron Brockovich towns. It's pretty nice. <laughs> You've been to them all. I've been to them all. Yeah. I'm not the most famous resident of Wilmington, Mass, because fucking Phyllis Wheatley, famous African-American poet. Yeah. Who gives a shit She's about She's ruining the curve. Though. It's not fair. <laughs> so when did you start doing, uh, when did you start doing stand-up comedy? Uh, I started doing stand-up comedy in my junior year of college at Emerson College. Uh, previous to that, I had started acting, I think when I was like eight years old, I first did a play and then I did community theater in, uh, the Burlington Bluebird area and in school and stuff. And then, um, so I got to college, I had been doing it for like 10 years and then I got to college, took a break from doing any kind of performance and then took a class at Emerson. They're actually now offering a comedy major, which is crazy, but I took a class there and then as part of your final, you do a club show. So I did a club show. That's awesome. Yeah, so now I'm 28, so that was like seven years ago, I guess. Yeah. That's awesome. And you've just been you've been doing it ever since then, or? Um, no, no. I mean, I would say after I took that class, I took kind of a break from performing, and I think in my senior year, I did open mics here and there, but you know, then I I kind of graduated in the middle of my senior year and started working for a publishing company in the area, and then. I think maybe after like six months or so there, I started getting back into stand-up because I was like, life is awful. Like just going <laughs> from like an office to your apartment, to eating dinner, to falling asleep. It's just like, I can't just do this. It's really um, untenable. And I, li- and I lived with my boyfriend. It was very like, I was way more of an, uh, I guess a successful adult when I was 21 than I am now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just like, uh, that's what my, it's been a de-evolution. <laughs> the whole like domesticated thing though. I hate, I never felt happy. I remember no, it wasn't that I didn't like my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. It was, I didn't like being married and like Are coming you sure? Home. Cause I thought you hated your ex. <laughs> oh, she, she's just the worst. Yeah. No, uh, not any more than your mother-in-law yeah. you hate so much. <laughs> That's the real problem, yeah. right? Those pesky mother-in-laws. Uh, moms-in-laws. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I remember just being like, this is what, this is fucking really what I grew up to be is this person yeah. that goes to a job and comes home and it's just like, well, dinner, right? I eat dinner now. That's and then uh, yeah. what's on TV? Is there something really funny that I could just stare at for a moment and then I'll fall asleep yeah. and wake up and do the same shit again? It was just like, this is. Yeah. And then once I think you meet a couple of people doing open mics, you feel a lot more comfortable going to them and you get to find out like how people navigate going to different ones all the time and stuff. So it gets easier once that part is kind of resolved. At first, it's just you're running on blind fear. And then once you stop being so afraid, you're like, uh, this is lame. And then you meet people and I get someone better. So, so I think I also wanted to just get out. Of, yeah, I want to just get out of the house. Yeah. Do something. So what was was it harder um, doing stand up from the class? Like where you're like, oh, I've got to do this. This is for this class. Or was it harder to because uh, that was the first time you were doing yeah. stand up? Yeah. Or was it harder to like try and start going out to open mics and being like, well, this is kind of what I'm I'm going to start doing this yeah. now. What was scare? What was actually scarier to perform for the first time or to actually try and well, start really, really doing it? Yeah. Well, it's a different experience because with doing it for that class, the whole semester you're basically preparing to do a five minute set, so you have a whole semester dedicated to that. Whereas when you're normally doing comedy, 
it's very open-ended about how much you're going to write within a particular period of time. It's kind of up to you. So I think it's easier within the format of a class or having an expectation. Uh, but that being said, like I, I'm really grateful to the teacher that I had, but he wasn't like a strict teacher about like, you gotta have tight jokes. Where's the punchline? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I think the more I got concise. into comedy, be very concise. Yeah. I think the more I got into comedy and met people who were really good writers in Boston, I think it was sort of, um, they kind of taught you how to get more directly, how to get more laughs within your jokes. I think they were actually a little more sort of strict about what you should be doing with your writing than the teacher was in college, <laughs> believe it or not. And you know, then I have more models that I've put into place to try to be more organized about it. Like put things in spreadsheets a lot. So, that do you write with spreadsheets even? I mean, do you yeah. have like your jokes in spreadsheets? Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't added to it in a little while. I need to really update it. Like the way that I write a joke is, um, I know a lot of people sit down and just write out an idea and then test it out and then whatever it is they do. I pretty much have a thought. Whatever those assholes. I don't know do. what they do. This is what I've seen. <laughs> this is all secondhand. This is what they told chatter. me they're doing, but I don't. I don't know yeah. if I believe this it. This is the jib jab on the scene. Um, <laughs> I usually have a model where I'll have a thought or say something directly in a conversation, and then uh, sometimes I'll think it's funny, and I'll usually just relay that at a mic word for word from my brain or a conversation not having written it down and then I will listen to it and then I'll write it down and um, then I'll do it a few times where I'll have a few different versions of it on recordings so I get to find out which is the version that I like the best and the one that works the best and then that version will go into a spreadsheet is so boring to hear <laughs> then uh then that version will then go into a spreadsheet where is mine for parts no uh it'll go into a spreadsheet where each column is whatever the title of your joke the setup of it the punchline of it and then any tags that you add after the fact get added after and um i don't know i remember i don't do it as much as i should but i have at times you know counted the overall amount of words in a sentence that I say and trying to break that down to its fewest elements where it still works as a joke and it still is funny but you're having to say the least I need to do that to more jokes like being just more economic like in your being as a yeah an economic editing as possible. I guess really yeah I mean editing is the bulk of writing always I people talk about that and then um like I think Norm Macdonald and I think Jess and I have this idea they've talked about the perfect joke which is where the setup just re the punchline just repeats the setup. I can't think of an example of it. But yeah, you really are trying to get an economy of words in there. It just makes it easier on yourself and it makes it easier on an audience to get what's going on. Yeah, just to be as clear and short as possible yeah. with everything and getting yeah, or, right to the joke. Yeah, Here's the funny part. Direct. You don't you don't have to wait too long. Yeah. Well, you're not stringing things along. Yeah. Yeah. So that is pretty much the writing format that I follow, which is a formula that I've developed. It's taken a few years to get to have that be I the see, model that you do it in. And I'm just very not organized in my writing whatsoever. And I just left my all of my notebooks <laughs> at the venue Thursday yeah. night. Just, oh, I'll just leave that in Ogden. It doesn't matter. I wasn't planning on yeah. writing for a couple weeks anyway. I know some people catalog a lot of their old notebooks and... I will sometimes go into an old notebook, but usually they're just abbreviations of set lists and stuff. See, it's not really like a lot of fleshed out ideas in there. Most of my <laughs> notebooks are full of old set lists, but sometimes I'm like, 
what was that joke? Oh, yeah. Because so it's I'll like on an word old down. set list, yeah. and that's what it is. I'm like, what word. the fuck is that? Because it's like, oh, that's two or three. This is a set list from two or three years ago. And mm-hmm. some jokes, I'm like, I've just revised this. It's still kind of in what I'm doing. But yeah. that joke, I don't know what that is at all. Yeah. But it's, yeah, that's most of my old notebooks are set lists. But I do have some notebooks that are just all writing. And I actually found something I wrote three years ago. Yeah. And I've just been like, why? Oh, I, I didn't know that I even wrote this. I'm yeah. going to start using this. Yeah, I'll find things that were like seven years ago. Then I'm like, that's a weird idea. What was that about? Um, or I'll see the same things will come up. Like I'll write jokes of a certain theme like five years ago. And then I'll still look at them and be like, God, I'm still writing jokes about horse dick. Why? <laughs> certain things are elemental. What can I say? Yeah, um, I just, I, yeah. or, and some things are just funny. Well, I spent a lot of time actually. Most of my notebooks is they're full of just cartoons that I draw because open mics are so boring. So usually I just draw like a series of cats wearing hats and things like that. And I think it's more, it would be more embarrassing for someone to find my notebook and be like, what the, f- this is one screwed up nine year old, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, that's I have in some notebooks. I have written out full jokes that I've just written. Yeah, I'll do uh, that. I'll do it. There's some of them are just jokes that I'll tell at open mics for other comics. They're mm-hmm. not at anything I'll ever really perform on a show. Yeah, and if somebody were to just read those, it'd just be like, I don't want that notebook back because I don't yeah. want you to know that I'm a real person. Yeah. that walks around in this world with you. Yeah. Well, I feel like because people now use their phone so much, I feel like the possession of a notebook as an adult, people look at you like you're a weirdo. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. I never even thought about that. What are you using that notebook for? A notebook? Like, what are you writing in that? Yeah. I think that I get a generalized air of scrutiny whenever I Are you a writer? No, but I'm writing. No, No, I'm a photographer. Yeah. That's why I have a notebook. That's like a really bad, snappy answer to a stupid question. Are you a writer? No, I'm a photographer, doy. <laughs> we all say doy. 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 Baba booey, baba booey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to do that in a radio program. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I've been watching a lot of videos of Beetlejuice, the... Uh, the cartoon? No, or, oh. the, uh, the dwarf on uh, Howard Stern. <laughs> oh, I'm so thinking. Uh, I'm thinking. Tim microcephalic Burton. dwarf. That's what he is. He's a microcephalic dwarf. He's got the shrunken head. See, I don't know if I can even picture him. Oh nope, nope. I just pictured him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a black pinhead dwarf. Yeah. 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 yeah he was called Beetlejuice originally because of that scene in the film Beetlejuice when with his shrinking head. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. that. <laughs> Who are your comedy idols? Well, I really like Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. <laughs> Have you heard the latest Beetlejuice? <laughs> it's mostly about shitting his pants. I think it's hilarious. It's great. Well, it's funny. It's like I do have I do have an uncle who has Down syndrome, and he's not very funny. So it's not just Down syndrome that makes people funny. <laughs> so it, that's the thing that gets me is I feel like a lot of people in those issues, they take issues with people, what they perceive as laughing at people with disabilities. But it's not that because I'm not just laughing at the disability. I'm laughing at the person. Yeah. Because not everyone with disabilities is funny. I just don't find a disability itself inherently funny. It's what yeah. you do with it. Yeah. You know? So I'll say that. Don't. Di- <laughs> you're like, you're, Laura, so, I didn't oh, ask you're not, you about yeah. this. <laughs> so, Laura, you're, one to, you're not one to disability. <laughs> I, will not I saw that. Bi- I think there was a, a 
a billboard that said that that's like don't diss ability and it's just <laughs> like that's i don't know if you're reading what you just wrote but yeah yeah I know. that doesn't that i've never i've never once dissed some like oh that person's able to do that yeah let's let's make fun of them for that like this is a do you realize you just made a giant billboard of not making any sense? You're not yeah, clearly proving your point. I didn't do it. You and uh, you and the foundation for a better life need to all go fuck yourself yeah. together. Because also, that sounds like a cult. The foundation for oh, a better life. I hate. Do you know like what's so funny? Scam. So I used to have jokes about it because they had the uh, girl surfer, soul surfer that got her arm bit off, and then they have the yeah. blind man that climbed Everest. And I would talk about oh how, like, God. well, how does he know? Yeah. <laughs> that's it's crazy yeah but uh the they have one now and it's just like in school it's of albert einstein and it's like in school he was no einstein yeah it's like yes that's his fucking last name he He was was einstein that's what who was he what was it's like i know what you're saying but but you don't know what you're saying saying. the thing about that girl you're you're making people stupid by reading this don't fucking do i just get angry every time then they had the guy who uh the guy who ran on blades that shot his girl friend through the story yeah okay thank you (laughs) his billboard was him like all crouched down on these blades and it was like lost legs not heart and they're probably like let's fucking destroy every evidence of ever even having him be part of foundation for a better life the thing about you mentioned the girl with the arm getting bit off i think that you really need to reassess what you're doing if the only people who are really famous in your sport are famous because they're getting mutilated by sharks like <laughs> clearly people don't really give a shit about surfing. They just no. want to hear about people who got mutilated by sharks cuz that's Are there still sharks in the ocean? Yes. yes. I like surfing then. Yeah, I yeah. like not not doing it but watching people Like surf. I understand that people are competitive surfers or whatever, but it's like is it really a sport if it's just something that people do for fun on vacation? Like, uh, I don't know. It's a li- Have you not seen it's fucking Point Break? It's a goddamn lifestyle. <laughs> People will rob banks over this shit. It's the worst culture. That's what a, That's what kind of it is about living in L.A. It's like some of the, some of the, cult, like beach culture to me, I think is gross and stupid. And I'm <sighs> like. Like it, to me, it's, it's. Yeah. It's like, it's the same thing as a frat boy. But on the opposite side, it's still just but like even if, even if you're not like a shithead and you love surfing still, and you because I know some people who are cool people who like it, but I still I just look at that as like people who just want to live by the beach all day. It's like that's like kind of the equivalent of just wanting to shoot up heroin in your house. I mean, to me, it's no more better. It's like you just want to exist in an effortless state of bliss by the beach, and it's like what difference is there? to just wanting to shoot up in an alley all the time. It's like, yeah. you're not engaged in anything. Like to me, bliss would be like living in a city, which has its ups and downs. And you know, you're kind of confronting things, which is like, I don't know, man, I just want to chill out on the beach with my guitar and yeah. fucking cook, grill some chicken. I'm like, God, oh, God, that sounds so it, it goddamn boring. Bidet- I'm not going to wear shoes. Yeah. Who, not, I don't, who wants to wear shoes? No one, no one wants to wear shoes. I mean, feet are gross but that's okay yeah that's what yeah. i'm like no just please cover them up yeah because i don't want i don't want you to step on something and start bleeding oh, and then yeah. i have to yeah. oh that's the worst put fucking shoes on. i would have to explain that to sometimes women come into a coffee shop at work that they have their let their feet tucked under their little bottom on the on the couch and stuff in our place and i'd be like yeah you need to put your shoes on they're like why it's like i'm pristine why can't i have no shoes on <laughs> 
You know, bitch. Yeah. I had um, four handmaidens <laughs> wash my feet before I came to yeah. this establishment today, Laura. Yeah. How yeah. Do, smell my feet they're and probably, you tell me yeah. they aren't. They're probably walking pure. around their homes with their dogs shitting all over the place. You know, um, <laughs> who can say? My handmaidens will pick up the dog shit. Around here? Yeah. There are a few. <laughs> so we were talking about stupid billboards and the disabled, right? Yeah. Oh. Don't disability. Yeah. Don't disability. We talked about Beetlejuice because you, yeah. that's where it well, all. I was in Orange County and they had a, a, a banner that was, um, it said on it, fatherless boys, free act, summer activities, camping, archery, uh, like knot tying, sailing. And then it was like, Jesus was the last summer activity. You get, and because you're fatherless boys you get to meet the savior of men. yeah yeah i just thought it's like what do the fatherless girls get they don't get jesus they don't they get tripping that's it yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah it's just like what fatherless boy was in the street right like, finally <laughs> oh the billboard can you imagine if your mom comes up she's like Denny, I know that um, your father died in that horrible car wreck, but guess who's going camping? <laughs> you gonna be in the woods with not your dad that yeah. you trust? Some strange adult figure that for some reason wants to spend a lot of time in isolated areas with children. Fatherless children. <laughs> Fatherless boys. He, oh, your dad can't kill me for anything I want I to do know. to you. Oh God, yeah. It's just. Let's seems- go to the woods. Boy, if you're besides nepotism, I don't really understand why people want to volunteer with children. But maybe uh, I'm probably thinking the worst because they're annoying. That's I kind of feel that way because I work like if you didn't love your son, would you want to hang out with him? Maybe. Well, that's I can't separate that because I've just known him. Like I couldn't. But I'm like, no, my I like my son into him. I like my son a lot because I've also. He's not a piece of shit in but can public, imagine though. If you didn't have a kid, would you be all interested in hanging out with the children? Oh no, no, because exactly. like we've talked about this, because like yeah. uh, I like. So explain your. I love your uh, your thoughts on dads on oh, si- on yeah. dads being dads. I don't find dads attractive. I I work at a restaurant, and like one of my coworkers, she's like. Oh, yeah, I flirt with all the young dads and talking about how hot the young dads are. Or sometimes a dad will come dad in with his bod. kids. They'll come in with their kids, and then my coworker will be like, oh, my God, that's so cute. I just love to see, like, a man taking care of his kids. It's a thing that I've heard repeated that women like this or they think it's attractive to see a man taking care of a kid. And I'm just like, Ugh, I find it very emasculating on, like, a, a base level to watch a man I mean, in some cases, it's because the kids are running over him and doing whatever they want. But just like to watch a man interact with kids, I'm just like, yeah, that doesn't make you look very macho or tough or whatever it is. It doesn't really make you look very manly. It makes you look tied down and trapped. Like, it just makes (laughs) them look trapped. It makes them look like trapped animals. Like, I remember my neighborhood. I was going to be somebody. And you came along. Well, I saw like this cholo in my neighborhood and he and I, he's got the shaved head. He's got, you know, like the knee length jean shorts, the white, big white t-shirt, you know, he's and stuff. And then he's just like scrunched over like a little girl in a little toy car or whatever. And he's just like, he just looks so miserable. Like, yeah, this is what I'm doing now with my life. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, dude, you look real tough. Hanging out with a child. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, I don't know. To me, I mean... It's well, not that I think it's right to feel that way. It's just the general feeling they have about it. Well, and I just don't think that seeing an adult with a child is ever like, oh, man. To some people, that is them look so... cool. Well, no, and I mean, I don't, 
I don't look down on it. I think, yeah, yeah you should take you should take care of your kid. Oh, yeah. You should. Oh, That's yeah, what you should That's do. What I, I agree. I don't think it's sexy at all. I'll never be like, oh my god, dude, that that mom that just did you, the kid had snot hanging out of. It. Did you yeah. see the mom get just whip a Kleenex out of her purse? Yeah, and she took care of it. I have a boner right now. Yeah, I, I don't. It's never. It, it's always like, well, I'm glad that that kid doesn't have snot because I don't want that near me. Yeah. And a good job, mom. Yeah. But it does it instantly. I'm like, you haven't taught your kid to just take care of that shit on his own. Like if you yeah, have you don't shit need hanging to, out of your nose, you don't, you don't need to do that. Hand yeah. him a, you can hand him the Kleenex, but don't you like, that's gross to me. Like, it's like, as soon as, as soon as your kid is potty trained and can take shit and take care of like, and, and piss yeah. on their own, you shouldn't have to like take care of their bodily fluids unless it's like, oh, they just puke everywhere and now i just fuck i just have yeah, to take care of this. With the puke. that's different but like a snotty nose it's like dude just don't and don't don't oh, do that no, that grows me nuts but just go go blow your nose yeah and throw the tissue away yeah, and then wash your things. and just wash your hands yeah, and then come back these are minor things i'm glad i'll never have to deal with so yeah that won't happen <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah no i don't I mean, they're and they're it's different. Like my nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. I enjoy them. They make me laugh, but I would never. I'm not the uncle that would be like, you know what? I'm gonna take my nieces and nephews, and they're all gonna come. We're gonna have a hangout. We're gonna watch cartoons together. Well, it's it's a nice thing. I think people should hang out with kids. It's just it's not it's not my game right now. And it's funny because my brother and sister don't have kids, and they're I don't know if my sister might, but there's nothing going on. So it's like that's a thing in the very distant future like children yeah, yeah i haven't even gone to a wedding as an adult like i have i don't know the i besides my own wedding which i was like sick as far i was like throwing up really? at my own wedding yeah i felt miserable Ugh. my mom was like what did you do last night and wow. i was like i didn't even do i didn't like we watched kung fu movies and ate wontons how many times and that's people what, are sick at their own weddings i never even thought of that i you really can't do anything to it's nope, the day that it is. You, yeah, like people showed up with gifts. Yeah, yeah, and you have the, everything's rented out for that day. Yeah, I yeah. wonder how often that comes up. Oh, I'm sure a lot. Well, and I don't know mm-hmm. what it was. It's the first time I've ever fallen asleep while driving too, and oh, I wasn't God. tired. I like woke up to somebody laying on their horn, and I was in two lanes over, and that's when I was like, "Oh, oh shit!" And so, in order to not fall asleep, I was had one foot on the gas pedal, and I was lifting my other foot and holding it up because I was like, oh. "I can't fall asleep if I hold my f- foot up like this." Yeah. And then, as it was starting to fall, I had to like kick it back yeah. up. I'm like, "Just you've got ten more minutes until you get home." Then I got home, and my suit that I bought—I was wearing a Volcom suit mm-hmm. when I got married. I because I worked at Zoomies, and so I bought it from work. And I store that I went and bought it from in my size mm-hmm. left the sensor tag on my oh, like jesus pants like so your ankle? yeah and i was like oh well that sucks until my roommate was like no watch this and he just comes and fucking pops it off just insane like he like some some sensor tags you can just take a shoelace and start wrapping it in between it oh yeah. and it builds the pressure up on where the prongs would hit it yeah and it pops it right off oh yeah that makes sense so thievery you're welcome, thieves. Yeah, that's a, keep some good advice. keep retail costs rising. Yeah, please do. Um, but yeah, that's bizarre. I never even thought about that. 
But uh, I think only one time I've ever, I didn't have a car for a very long time, but there was a night that I was driving back from Santa Monica after I'd done like a show and it was really late. And I just kept hitting myself in the face to keep <laughs> awake. I was like, you dumb bitch, wake up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was really miserable. I was the most frightened I've ever been in a car when I thought I was going to fall asleep. Yeah. I was the scariest driving experience I've had with just me in the car, you know? Yeah, I think be- honestly that really I had the same anxiety from like being in a car and falling asleep as I did from when I'm like that was too much morphine that I just did right now I took way too much morphine right now and I should not have taken that much morphine oh my god I can't hold my head up right now this is really shitty yeah and that it's it was really that same like I fucked up I really fucked up that yeah. same like scary like I could die right now. I, yeah. Oh my god, am I gonna yeah. fucking die? Generally, I'm a very safe driver. You know, like um, yeah. I use that signal. I, I signal. Um. Well, when I first got my car, it was awful at parking. It was like bumper cars and me just like knocking around into the space until I got it. And finally, it's like uh. But <laughs> I, I know. I mean, I do. Uh, that's one thing that like you're hyper aware of is so many people having DUIs and whatnot and. uh Try to avoid the issue entirely by just generally not drinking at shows uh, very much or one beer, or even not at all. That's I, I really don't drink at shows. <laughs> yeah. And that's the main time that I'm out driving. I'm not. Yeah. I really don't drink, though. I'm not a, really a drinker. Yeah. At this point, I've not really. I used to, you know, obviously more in college or whatever. But um, even like I use, I was telling you this, I use that app Waze. And oh, yeah. uh, it'll tell you when you're driving. It'll be like red light camera reported ahead. Police reported ahead. And I was like, whoa, did I set this in criminal mode ways? <laughs> <laughs> I obeyed the laws of traffic. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not scared I don't of the police. I have to worry about the police. I want to assist I, in their career I, uh, work. I obey traffic rules yeah. and I'm white. Yeah. I, I actually want to assist the police in their work. I don't want to, I don't want to stop them or avoid them. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's about my driving record since you wanted to know. Well, good. You, you got a good driving record then? I have a great driving record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what happens when you take an eight-year break. You get a great You're, driving you record. You have a good, clean driving record. Great driving record. Yeah. No DUIs when you don't drive. Yeah. When you don't drive for eight years. I But I did have people remind me, you can get them on a bike, which I've driven a bike drunk plenty of times. So uh, there, was a guy, there was a guy from my hometown, like, he taught his horse to walk him home. Ah. So his horse could, he'd ride his horse to the bar. Okay. And then he'd stumble out drunk and he could just pass out on his horse and his horse would just walk him home. What a great horse. Exactly. That should be, yeah, they should make a Lifetime movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A man in his, a, a drunkard in his horse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you flew in from uh, from L.A. to do some shows. Yeah, I flew to Long Beach, which is uh, an interesting tiny airport with like 11 gates and a hot dog truck outside of it. Usually airports are more uh, kind of serious and less like <laughs> a cookout or a parking lot at a concert. But um, yeah, it was funny because I was outside by the truck and there's all these like airline mechanics talking and their whole conversation was this guy was talking for I think 15 minutes about the difference in fuel mileage between his two trucks 
that he got in before. And he's like, well, when I'm driving this truck, the tank will sometimes run on empty, but I'll get to go eight miles in this other one. And you fill it up with quart tank and you go this, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, God, that is a level of horror I didn't know existed at a job to have to listen. To someone the guys talk are about like, their. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your fuel gauge. Mm-hmm. Oh, gas? I thought it was bad when yeah. people talked about movies that you hadn't seen. I don't think I realized how horrible it was for people to make you listen to them talk about cars that you don't own. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a coworker of mine describe to me a meal twice that she ate at a restaurant. And it's like, great. I didn't eat that. So I don't really care. I'm not going to go eat that. Two separate occasions. Two separate occasions. She brought up how great the meal was. Two. What was it? I'm not going to repeat her mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I thought I had you. Well, apparently there was pasta, which was very nice and other various elements to the meal. But yeah, I remember because I started off the beginning. That is, you know what? She it's, started where, to, it's, it's one thing to like yeah. post a picture of like, look what I'm about. And I hate that. Yeah. But I'm not a big food person either. I'm not like someone who's just but like, oh my God. you get the visual God. appeal but I'm like, of a oh, beautiful that meal. Looks, that looks great. Yeah. That that was plated like but to have someone tell you about a meal and what they ate exactly that's one thing i can deal with that mild annoyance but the second time the next day when she brought it up i'm like oh yeah you told me about that (laughs) disregards comment tells me again about every detail of the meal whenever anyone says oh yeah you told me about that it's like stop right there that's well because it's the same thing like hey "Hey, (laughs) basically you've like you're telling a joke stop me if you've heard this and you're like Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've heard that Yeah, one. I've heard that. Well, but, but wait. Have you heard me tell it? It's not even that. It's saying, oh, yeah, I did. Okay, let me do it again. I'm just practicing. I'm just practicing this. Just working just out thought, my little bits. I really want to re- Yeah, I really want to reiterate how good this meal was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you I got it the first it time. I ate it two days ago. I don't think you got it the first time. I still fucking love it. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm hoping for a burp that yeah. kind of still tastes like a little bit of it. Of that meal, yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. So that was the Long Beach Airport. <laughs> yeah, and they flew into Salt Lake, and it's like a hundred degrees. So yeah, you were, you did California. not think that it was no, going to be this I, hot. No, huh? I think I got some sun, which I haven't really. I haven't really been hiking. I haven't been hiking in like six months or something, which I used to do a lot more in L.A. Because it's just nice to get out and punish yourself sometimes. Um, Walk you up. Know, Work up a sweat, get out of society, you know, have to maneuver around horse poop. It's just a good way to clear your head, <laughs> you know? Or Feel like in, the olden days. Oh, there's yeah. horse shit. Yep, Horses still exist. I'm it's not just a way to yeah. talk about how powerful a car is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that we still give horses the benefit of the doubt on that. On cars? Yeah, we should have moved out of that system by this point, you know? Well, that's... We should we should now say this is how many horseless carriages. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is horseless carriage power. It has twenty nine horseless carriage power. Yeah, this thing could drag a hundred thousand iPads. Who's calling you? That's my ex wife. <gasps> okay, that's cool. <laughs> Why does your ex wife never call me? Never mind. Um. <laughs> I don't have an ex-spouse, so I don't know how that is. I have exes, but they would never call me. Well, and some people don't have to talk to their exes because they didn't have a child with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's sometimes envious. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that would be great to just n- separate ties with, like, not have to see that person that is just like, oh, oh yeah. God. But, I mean, everything's 
for the most part, we get along really, really well. I mean, every once in a while there's some shittiness, but I think that's because I'm, I'm an asshole every once in a while. Every yeah. once in a while, I just have like this slip of just like, I'm going to be a, like an asshole for a second. And, uh, but I've totally abandoned things I really loved in a breakup just because I didn't want to see the person again. So oh, yeah. I, I would do that with a kid easily. <laughs> I once had a weird experience at a, uh, at Wise Guys with somebody that, that was there all every week. Mm-hmm. And it just was like, well, I feel awkward being around them now because mm-hmm. that just made me feel weird. Oh yeah, where you stop going to a place that yeah, you're like, oh yeah, you like I can't go, I can't go in there, and it just was like it was me being part of it was me being really weird, but uh, like I don't know, like it was still like I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to put myself in that position to feel weird yeah. and shitty. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I mean. uh I like to avoid places. I like to avoid things as much as possible. Yeah. Anything. If you don't. Yeah, exactly. Anything. Like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. The yeah, outside I a, world. I had a great Prince poster that my ex still has. He kept the crock pot because I just didn't have enough room in the car to take all of it. So it's like, oh, I'll take the crock pot. I guess I'll never have chili again. It's okay. <laughs> I'm willing to forgo that pleasure just to not have to see you again. So, you know. Life goes on. They're just objects. We shouldn't get attached to them. Yeah. Well, that's how I, I something. That's how I feel a lot of the time with like collecting as much dumb shit as I have. Now I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? I'm it's like, just a I'm millstone s- around your neck. I'm just like setting up shop here. Like, well, this is where I stay now because I have too much shit. Yeah. Well, I just have too much shit now. I would say my sister is really like that though. She gets very caught up in um, her possessions and things, and she would always be like, oh, you treat your things like shit. <laughs> but it is true i do i am very hard on things i own i'm not one of these people who you know things have to be in the box i generally cds and stuff i would always end up ruining them oh things would uh, get cds were up. fucking terrible my shoes get torn up all that shit i mean i just have never been a person who's like i need to have my things in this order like in terms of possession yeah. and stuff or i don't like i've moved a couple of times and just the more you move the more you realize I need less shit. I need less shit. I don't need this stuff. It's really unnecessary. And that's not really how you remember things. Like, I can look at some things and be like, oh, I remember that. But for the most part, it's just... You remember it. It's a waste. Yeah. Or don't. Maybe it wasn't even worth fucking remembering, really. Yeah. Yeah, if you have to have some shit... In order to be like, I got to remember this, then maybe it wasn't really that Yeah, or just quit focusing on what happened before. I don't know. People seem to be very obsessed with, like... I need to remember things, and we need to take pictures, so we'll remember it. I just hit the (laughs) table. But yeah, I'm not. I don't care. That's what I've been starting to think. Just sell a bunch of shit. Just get rid of it. My record collection was the thing that I was like, I have so many fucking records. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I. Well, that's I should start selling. Your son's gonna inherit. That's well, what he'll like, inherit. That's his inheritance. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I will, uh, I, I should just sell them down. And I started to think about the records that I was like, yeah, I could get them down to yeah. if I just, uh, if I just kept all of my Melvins records, the the Nirvana records, the the Mars Volta records. I need the Queens of the Stone Age records, and I just kept listing all of the like. Mm-hmm almost like discographies that I yeah. have of bands that I'm like, well, I could have part with that. And then pretty soon it was like, it's your whole collection. It's my whole collection. I can't get, I was like, I can't. The records I think you should get to hang on to. I mean, my mom told me, I remember asking her when I was maybe 13 or 12, um, if my dad had any albums, you know? Yeah. And, um, because you know, my friend's father, you know, had albums and stuff. And she was, like, Oh no, I got rid of all of those. 
in like the early to mid 80s yeah or, something. or he got they together got rid of all of them or something and so my thinking, dad still has like probably like a thousand to two thousand records yeah you know? yeah my parents like almost nothing i remember they owned like one or two vhs tapes when then i was a kid you know we had a lot yeah. of tapes for kids but for them i think they only owned one or two and i think it's just a different way of thinking where people don't realize that there are a lot of people that just don't own and store and collect a lot of media you yeah. know it's just like eh, i don't own a lot of movies don't own a lot of records whatever, whatever you know i'm surviving <laughs> yeah i'm doing just fine yeah no, i don't know why i had that accent you on. should i'm doing just fine i'm fine i'm, just fine. I'm doing fine i'm yeah, fine it's fine i'm doing i don't need all that shit i don't uh, need all that shit get her done <laughs> um you should like take no and be like you see this anything the light it's this is yours one day <laughs> like all the records these records will one day be yours. They will be your new father once I am dead. <laughs> As I pass on to the other side. Yeah. Take all these possessions records. become yours. Yeah. All of these, these are my possessions. These are my records. These will be yours. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing I got from my dad was a pension for overeating sugar. I don't think I got anything. Like, <laughs> he did not. No, he didn't give me any music. <laughs> So that's too bad. It's current. It's turning into WTF. You realize where it's like, yes. What kind of records your dad listen to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did your dad give you? Just oh, you just like sugar a lot. Yeah. I could. I like to eat. Yeah. I like. I like eating. Mark's um, the worst about that. Mark's got more food issues than I do. Yeah. Because well, when you're talking about it on your podcast and, and on your TV show, yeah, and it's like a major focus. Well, but I, also it's just like, what else does he really have that he can talk about now that he's sober and uh, not that i'm like it's the last fucking mark getting sober but it's, it's just like spice. that's kind of his thing that he can has now yeah. yeah i don't know what people do without that like my parents don't don't really uh they don't smoke or drink they've never for the whole time that i've been alive they haven't really ever drank do drugs anything like they don't drink coffee and i just think I just think it's different brain chemistry because I think yeah. for them, they're probably a lot more normal and a lot more stable because they're not doing those own substances and putting yeah. themselves through the ups and downs. I think they are more normal, but I feel like my brain, I'm like, I need some relief. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, need to wake up. Do you know what yeah. time I went to bed? Do you well, know what time I went to bed and woke up? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think. Uh, do you get four to five hours of sleep each yeah. night? Fuck you. No. You don't know. No. You don't know what I do to myself. I know. I am getting a lot better about sleeping. Now. I've I don't know. been getting better. I used to not even sleep in my bed. Like it's, it's the a, worst it's thing a, you can do for your health, not sleeping. Yeah, that's what it's or oversleeping too. Like you, like oversleeping is really bad for you as well. Like if you, well, I mean, not like if you're like, because there's some people that are sleeping ten, yeah, oh, to I know twelve hours sleep. a day, yeah. and yeah. that's really shitty for your body to just yeah. lay there and not move. Yeah. I mean, what I would tell your listeners is sleep, but not too much. Yeah. I know it's a controversial stance. Don't I'm gonna sleep, say, sleep too much. But not too much. Guys, be healthy. That's the main thing. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I don't know. I sometimes meet people. Whenever I meet anyone who I feel like has started doing drugs before they were like 15, I feel like their brains are screwed up because I feel like they at too young an age got used to the whole chemical release of like, getting relief from stress through chemicals I yeah like they did it too young and now their brain is like hardwired to See, want that too I much think, uh, i don't know yeah i think the first time i uh you know when you meet people who started smoking pot when they were like 11 and you're like yeah oh, you're, you're like oh you're kind of off fucked about up, you man. something's off it's usually well, something's kind of off well and Not something has like, to almost be damn. off at that point for them to be like 
oh fuck yeah i want to do what i want to smoke pot to get high. no like because i remember i just choke I yourself tried, just i choke smoked, yourself right? i smoked a cigarette for the first time when i was eight years old because my grandpa on my dad's side smoked yeah and so he was managing this motel and he was smoking a camel non-filter mm. and he threw it down wasn't finished walked inside and i waited for him to walk inside and i was like i'm gonna, I'm gonna try this yeah and i remember going like that's the worst thing ever and i remember having to walk into like because whenever we would go and visit my grandparents we would stay in one of the hotel rooms yeah. and i remember walking into the hotel room where my parents were and i'm like i just have to go in and brush my teeth and not say anything to my mom because she'll smell me yeah and I just, it was the grossest thing. And I was like, I'll never smoke again yeah. until it started looking really cool when I was playing in a band in high school. Yeah. Um, well, that's where you meet people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anyone ever was like, I'm going to college. I have social anxiety. What should I do to make friends? I'd be like, probably start smoking. S smoke cigarettes. Just, you don't even have to Those smoke guys know what them. to do to get rid of that anxiety. Just buy cigarettes and be around where people are smoking and give them to other people. Meeting and friends. That's how you make friends. Making friends. It's totally true of comedy, too, actually. You can make a lot of friends in the world of theater or the world of comedy. You're having a steady supply of cigarettes. It's very much like prison. I'll tell people that for advice. That's actually uh, not... That's very true. That's very, very accurate. It's very good advice. If you want to make friends in comedy... Have cigarettes. cigarettes. Just have them Just with have you. Have cigarettes on you. So awesome. Well, we've got to wrap it up. But and be uh, Jewish. Be, yeah. Have cigarettes and be Jewish. And no people. And no people. I'm joking, but I did have an experience once at a New York comedy club where I was doing a bringer show when I was very new, and the comedy club owner turned around and looked at me, and had never met me before that day, and just goes, "Are you Jewish?" And I go, no. And he goes, too bad. And he turns around and just puts his back to me and continues the conversation. Too bad. Else. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Strike out. Too bad. You're, well, you're not Jewish. Me. I just imagine they were going to like turn a key in the shape of a star of David into a secret golden door and go down a passageway and be like, no, guys allowed. <laughs> Here's. Here's your TV contract. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that's what happened. Oh man, that just reminded me of the weirdest version of Little Rascals. No coils of loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think that that might be what the name of this episode. <laughs> no coils of loud. <laughs> uh, so so you came out here. We uh, actually recorded some shows. We yeah. haven't heard the footage yet, but we're recording for a pretty cool project uh, where mm. we're gonna do split albums. So. Laura and I will be on an album together, hopefully out later this year, if mm -hmm. not this year, early next year. Yeah. Um, now that we have this, we've just got to get it mastered and then pay to yeah. get it pressed and everything. Mm -hmm. So, and then it'll be Laura and myself on a record, and then Christopher Stevenson and Danny Feltz, a uh, really funny comedian from Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. on a split. And so, we Laura flew out here to record for that, and uh, we did shows at The Loft in yeah. Ogden and then we did Sandy Station mm -hmm. how were the shows uh I listened to my recording of the first one and yeah. it sounded great it sounded like uh, a lot more people in the room that were in the, than were, were in, in the, the room. room yeah and that was a really fun show I think the second night uh the energy was a little weird for some rates and I was having like not as easy a time breaking through and just yeah. connecting real talk 
Yeah. Um, drew a couple minutes and settled it in. It was fun. I mean, yeah. the venue is cool, but I think it's funny whenever you go to like a venue and you're like, I would never be here. You know, because it's like, yeah, when you go out of the comedy performance part of it, it's like, you know, club music and stuff. And you're just like, oh, my God, people do this. It's like in a sexy yeah. adult arcade. Um, yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> so, yeah. So people that's playing pool, people dancing. Yeah. It's like a sexy youth center for the not youth. Yeah. 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 It's funny. For people that want to get drunk and act like children. Yeah. No, but we packed. I feel like we packed a lot in. To there the were a lot of people in. Uh, oh, yeah. We did quite a bit. Yeah. Because yeah. we were doing this. We did photos. We did the two shows. Yeah. We. Yeah. That's and we went to. We walked around Temple Square. Yeah. We walked around Temple Square, too. And then. Um, yeah. Because I was. you know, Because why not? You're. We're. It's. You know, I haven't point. been there since before I went on my mission. So it had been a long. Thing. I mean. Shit, that's been almost fifteen years now since like mm. before I went on my mission. So yeah, it's yeah. After your life fell apart, yeah. You, I'm just like you I, are what you are now. I need yeah. <laughs> before I just <laughs> fell from grace. Yeah, <laughs> the fall, the, um, <laughs> the fall of man. <laughs> <laughs> before I became the natural man yeah. who is an enemy of God. Yeah, yeah, that's what you are. Before you became one of God's enemies and uh, <laughs> I'd forsaken the righteous love of Christ. Um. Yeah, but I mean, we got a lot in, and I had a good yeah. time, and it's just been feeling like, you know, feels really like just getting out there, meeting people is nice. Yeah, meeting the people in the scene and whatnot. And then um, Erica, who's on the show, I knew her in Boston. A yeah, very funny comedian. It was funny when she saw me. She's hilarious, but she was just like, "Laura, you look the same." <laughs> I've seen her in like four years or something, and I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "You haven't aged." I'm like, "Oh, thank God." Um, the last thing you want to hear is like, "Laura." You look so much older. Oh my God. What <laughs> happened? I know. Oh, you know. And then I'm like, well, no, I think for a short time I did look slightly different. But now, yeah, this is pretty much what you're used to. Well, see, and when I met you, you had blonde, blonde yeah, hair. With like, yeah, roots and really big roots still. It's just too much money. That's the funny thing. People will be like, you're not doing that anymore. And it's like, <laughs> the upkeep is so fucking cute. awful. You're so cute. You think you're making, I'm making conscious decisions about my appearance. <laughs> This is what happened. Yeah, yeah. No, I used to say it like that. They'd be like, didn't you used to be blonde? And I'm like, yeah, I was. And then, you know, time. And that's it. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no story. There's no scheme. I just have hair and it continues to do what it's going to do. And I have to act. I have to react to that in accordance to how much money and time I have. So it's a different philosophy than most people, I think. Yeah. I'm cultivated a look. But you look great. I look fine. Yeah. Uh, you're cultivating a look. That's my brand. My brand is I don't care. I'm going well, after that I, I don't, don't care dollar. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I've never like, and I've thought about it. Like, yeah, I should have a. But I just, I, if I have a, you have tattoos. Well, that's clearly that's enough. true. That's yeah, enough. that's true. I am. But uh, you could wear a polo shirt and khakis, and it would still look like you were punk rock. Yeah, that's true. Well, and like. Whether I have long hair and a beard to where I have short hair and I'm clean shaven, I look like a, almost a completely different person. Takes 10 years off your face. Oh, how old are you now? Well, you don't look 33. Well, I don't know what that means because I feel it. And that's because well, my shirt's not off right now because from, dad bod. Yeah. Well, from checking people's IDs, I got to tell you, there's a lot of girls born in 1989 and 1990 that look like shit. I don't know well, what that's they're what doing, I, when but I, there's a I lot of 89s and 90s out there that are not taking care of themselves. I take people's birthdays when I'm like signing them up for like this loyalty program yeah. type of thing. And I'm always like, oh my God, I'm way older than you, but I look know. at you. I know. What I don't know how happened? that happened. Yeah, exactly. Or um, I'm like, and not only that, 
I did dr- I had a drug problem. Exactly. And I don't get how I look like I do and you like mm-hmm. what did you what exactly. did you do? Exactly. It's Did children. you just sleep it's on the sun and- for a while or what is it? Genetics and sugar and caffeine and kids and you know chemtrails. But I've got that. I've got chemtrails. that's the, well I've got only got and chemtrails. And yeah. chemtrails. Uh hating themselves, just mm-hmm. fucking hate sticking hot forks like I don't know right what into doing. your face. Or sometimes I'll see comedians. I think I was in San Diego doing a show at the Tiltu Club, which is very fun. And there was a guy on stage and he was talking just from looking at me, he's talking about his life and he's like, So I just turned thirty. I was like, Jesus And then like I think I almost said it out loud. I just went to be like, You look awful Like this guy he had told me I'd been like, oh, he's forty two, forty three or something. He's oh, like, wow. Yo, I just turned thirty and I would hear I've seen that kind of a lot on stage where people would be like, So I'm thirty now I'm like, You look eighty <laughs> Hugh yeah. Hefner looks younger than you. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and of course, the opposite happens too. But uh, yeah, a lot of people look like shit out there. You know, there's a lot of shitty people. I mean, a lot of shitty looking people. Celebrities are giving us these skewed standards of what age looks like, and it's just not the reality. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. Hollywood movie magic. <laughs> so, um, where can people find you uh, online? Um, I I would say always first go to my Twitter account, which is at Crawford Comic. That's uh, C-R-A-W-F-O-R-D. Craw, like a craw. And Ford, like a car. Uh, to rip off Maria Banford. And then um, you can find me on Instagram at Laura Croft. That is Laura, L-A-U-R-A, C-R-A-W-F-T. Just join Pinterest to see what that was about. But uh, my Facebook is lauracrawford.com uh, slash comedy. And Facebook, you can find things there. I have a rooftop comedy profile you can find. You can find my YouTube She's like L. Crofty, I think. I it's funny. I used to protest people calling me Laura Croft, and then I realized I always end up using it for profile. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. like any time I've been like, yeah, my uh, my friend Laura Crawford's coming out, and they're like, Laura Croft, huh? Yeah, you're friends with a video game person. It's like that's what I meant. No, yeah, that's not. Well, I that's am not her. Her yeah. no, you're. You're making me mad as a person in public right now. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, to be fair, I do rob graves, so. Well, that's a good thing to do. It I'm makes way sense. into grave robbing. I know. I've heard several <laughs> grave robbing jokes of yours. That one fell so fucking flat, and I knew I should have abandoned it and just being like, oh, that's a one-liner. I just tell people I think grave robbing is the most justifiable crime. I don't have anything else about grave robbing. Nothing else to hide yeah. here. <laughs> What's that? It actually ended up kind of working at the end of the joke, but there for like the sick fucks in the back, they liked it. Yeah, the like good decent people up front did not. Yeah, they were probably like, oh, that's you why I'm need like, some help on that. <laughs> that's why I was like, oh, guess what joke I don't tell. Yeah, I'm not gonna go into dying alone, and I'm not gonna go into orphan funeral right now. Nope, not gonna, not gonna do those things to these poor yeah. people. Yeah, so. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming out to Salt Lake. Thanks for doing the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And um, I hope people, yeah, check out my stuff on the internet. It's Laura Crawford. If you search Laura Crawford comedy, you'll find me. If you search Laura Crawford and some other stuff, you're going to see a bunch of other women who are Have pathetic. the same piece of pathetic. shit. Same name. Well, there's some women. I think the Laura Crawford Twitter handle is a woman who's a steak rep for a steak company. So don't follow her. <laughs> the, I think the at Jason Harvey on Twitter, because I'm at Jason underscore Harvey, yeah. uh, is some runner in mm. the UK, like a professional. I just run. Who 
fucking pays that guy to be alive? Running companies? Well, that's what, yeah, shoe companies and shit. But it pisses me off because I'm like, well, but people want you to just run. People just plenty of athletes. Want you to run? I know. It makes you feel like stupid. It's like getting paid to poop. (laughs) (laughs) Makes no sense. Anyway, guys, look out for competitive shitting this fall on NBC. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in. Uh, this has been <laughs> Stupid Questions on the Earhole Media Network. Uh, I'm Jason Harvey. Definitely check out Laura Crawford and uh, have an awesome week. And check out Jason Harvey. <laughs> and check me out. And check him out. And listen to me. Mm-hmm. Hmm.